Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika Soft Gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. This is The Cannamom Show, a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving. Now, in season two, The Cannamom Show continues on its mission to empower women-centric cannabis businesses by sharing their stories with you. Go make yourself a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint, sit back, and learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce Gerber. From the Tip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's The Cannamom Show. Now here's your host, Joyce Gerber. Welcome to another beautiful day in New England. This counting them down. It's awesome, right, Dave? <laughs> yeah, I got to get outside. I've been inside the studio for a while, but it looks lovely out there. Yeah, go look out your window. I know you're looking in a dark room. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> which works in the winter. Yeah. Um, so I just have two little things to talk about before we get to today's guest. So my birthday was a couple of weeks ago, and my son got me this most beautiful little bag. It's by a company in New York called Little John. It looks like a little coach um, clutch, mm-hmm. but it's it's designed to keep cannabis in. It's got a smell pouch on the inside. It Come is on. just, oh. I know. <laughs> Our guest is like, I need one too. So I just, little John, I don't know you, but you deserve to exist because this is beautiful. And especially for a woman like me, a high-end pouch that you can carry around that doesn't smell. So little John. That's not know. little John the rapper, I assume. That Could would be, be. weird. I, have, I don't know anything about popular culture. You know that. <laughs> I'll get the research team on it. Go look. It's beautiful. It's leather. It looks like a coach bag or like a Kate Spade bag. It's got a, you know, it's just a little clutch and you can keep a couple of joints, maybe a little flower, maybe your vape pen. I don't know. It doesn't smell. There you go. Um, And the other shout out is to my new favorite cannabinoid, CBN. Uh, Okay. So I don't really have trouble sleeping, but I've had this thing forever. I just wake up in the middle of the night. I just thought it was like a thing that was going to happen forever. And my friend, Sherry Tuckis, the green nurse, 
had suggested a tincture for my mother that had CBD and CBN in it. And my mother, you know, still thinks I'm in a drug cartel and doesn't want to take any of it. So even though I bought all of it, she didn't use it. So I tried it myself the past couple of weeks, CBD and CBN. It's some kind of weird miracle. I have, there are different products. I know Irie, our today's show sponsor, carries some products. Um, I've told not to have products with melatonin, but that's my little shout out to ladies, CBD, CBN. I, I don't understand the magic, but it works. Okay. It's and- uh, Lil, Lil John, the rapper, and Little John, the purse designer, I don't think are the same person, although they do both have dreadlocks. Do they make them? Actually, are they handmade in New York? They're just stamped New York. I just, they're beautiful. <laughs> it looks like it was a small business out of Brooklyn. Okay. And Brooklyn, an independent Brooklyn. Brooklyn-based product designer. And this guy was surprised at the lack of options out there for carrying odiferous products. And so created this whole line of, of products. There you go. Oh, odiferous. Like you want to carry your baby's diaper around too in it? You can do that. <laughs> <laughs> you need separate clutches for each. I would. Yeah. One for your joint and one for your dirty diaper. Okay, right. we're getting off track. All right, um, before we begin, I want to thank today's sponsor, Irie Bliss, for making today's show special. Uh, possible. Irie Bliss is a hemp wellness lifestyle brand right here in Massachusetts, founded by longtime medical cannabis patient, hemp advocate, and friend of the show, Sandy Bernier. Oh, one more thing, forgot. The quilt. Mm. The amazing, the women of the amazing Technicolor Cannabis Quilt giveaway is still going. So June 1st, we're pulling the winner. Uh, it's out there. Oh, music. Joseph and the coat. Can't resist. I have the I have the album in my back. You can see it behind me. Oh yeah, I can't. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. I found it in the basement. It was like a sign from God. They're like, here it is. That's when I decided what to name it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so it's out there. I've been telling everybody. It's on LinkedIn. It's on Instagram. It's on Facebook. I've been telling like hundred women who are on it. They all know that they're on it. They're out there. Today's guest is on it. We are also having a giveaway. Ardent, my friend Shailene has has given away. Uh, Chanel Lindsay, sorry, has given away. Um, has given us a decarboxylator, so that's also a prize. And my Jane box from uh, my friend Dory out half baked housewife. So lots of different things you can win and just be part of it. And I think it's going to be a fun little community event. So that's awesome, my plug. All right, and now today's guest is a mom, Canadian cannabis patient, and a cannabis journalist. She is a well-known influencer, model, and entrepreneur, a widely traveled journalist, a respected cannabis educator, and a budding glass artist. When does she have time for that? Today's guest serves as a valued member of the editorial teams for two major cannabis industry publications, Hi Canada and Hi Europe Magazine, with leadership responsibilities in her home province of Ontario. She also has an awesome Instagram account, at the Canna Canuck, which she uses as a treatment, oh, a testament, sorry, a testament to her skills, opportunities, education, and credentials she has obtained in just over a year, all while losing, wow, 65 pounds on weight journey and her chronic pain patient. We know so many of these ladies have like healed themselves, necessitating her cannabis prescription. On her journey, she amassed and engaged an ever-growing Instagram following in the tens of thousands while also raising five children in her small town of Niagara, Ontario. Please welcome to the Canna Mom Show, Allie Beer, better known as the Canna Canuck. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much. <laughs> uh, it's quite the intro. Just, you know, first, 
First and foremost, I wanted to jump in right off the bat with High Canada. Unfortunately, with them, because of uh, partly because of COVID and partly because of some wonderful, amazing developments on their business and expansion side, I am no longer dealing with the leadership in Ontario or anything of all those sorts. That was from an older Okay. Um, news release when we had traveled overseas, but I actually, they ended up going quarterly as opposed to as often a transitioned psychedelic Canada, which is an imprint on the shelves magazine um, with some really uh, incredible news and information on that front. My passion and my education leans towards cannabis. So although I have actually written a piece that uh, I don't know if they will use for it or not, but with my information and knowledge on a uh, mushroom cultivation and stuff like that. So who knows, but I, I stick mainly to cannabis myself. <laughs> You're the, everyone in this industry, it's such a cutting edge. I was at a Jewish psychedelics conference two weeks ago. You know, this is all kind of coming together. And I love that the psychedelics, I, they're doing it differently. And I think the cannabis people can, I don't know, this is an interesting two industries working together and how they're dealing with medical, but that's why I thing. love so, that. Yeah. yeah, it is, you know, you have a lot of best practices that can be shared in those two industries. And because it is something where we have so little information, we are all learning together. And I find that that is one of the things that is really nice about this community itself. Although you have a lot of different experts in various parts of their education or parts of the plant, you have the acknowledgement that nobody can possibly be an expert now because we simply don't have enough information yet. So it's really nice. There's a little bit of a humbling or a camaraderie that goes into effect with cannabis. And I find that the same thing will be in psychedelics. I think that's a nice way of putting it. That is true. All right, let's go back to you. So let's talk about your personal story. You are now a medical patient advocate, but you had an accident or you had some health issues and what kind of led you to this point? And how did you even get connected to cannabis? I mean, everyone's got their own journey to get here. I did. So I actually recently posted about this on uh, my Instagram. They did a piece, the Toronto Portrait Project did uh, a pothead series where you had to talk about your pothead story, where you started. And uh, mine is actually, I said, one I'm kind of embarrassed to, to talk about because I used to be very much opposed to cannabis. Uh, so much so and, I ended up and, and Allie I gotta say I find this more and more I find this very unusual maybe it's your age group the women who are a little bit younger than me who grew up in dare you know good girls who want to do the right thing and believe what they were told I mean I believed it too but dare was more powerful uh, about a generation a couple of years after me oh, a lot was. of these ladies have like transitioned from like running their dare program to now working in the industry so I find this fascinating <laughs> Yeah, you know? it, it really was when we were younger, there was more in schools, you had regular programs about, you know, drug education, or what they deemed an education, which was just basically propaganda forced down your throat, and wrongfully so. So back then, and I mean, the 90s were rife with those commercials, this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs. <laughs> so and that so, so in Canada, too, you're a Canadian. Yes, yes. So we get a lot of the same stations, like Canada uh, will have Buffalo's network and stuff, even on our basic cable. But so for us, like for me, I very much bought into that stigma. But I also came from a family that had a lot of extended members that had drug problems. But although I was seeing drug impact and effects and suffering that were harsh chemical drugs, I only saw or smelled cannabis. So I wrongfully related the two things together and steered clear as a result. So then I became a very young mom. I was a mother at 17 years old and cannabis was illegal. 
So I never had the teenage experiences because I was not a peer pressure type of lady. And I didn't have a desire to participate in a world that I thought that I should steer clear from, both as a parent and as a person. So I was very uneducated, closed-minded, and afraid. And I ended a relationship based on cannabis use and really? it was with, yeah, with my best friend at the time. And he said to me, he's like, that's hypocritical. He's like, you know, nothing about cannabis. He said, you, or, well, he said, you know, nothing about pot. You don't even know what it means to, you know, right. use it or anything. You have no experience. So I had to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. And I had to sit there and understand that I judged this person. And I was connected to him in so many ways for so many years. And I just was done. Part of it was that he had lied, but still (laughs) part of it was a huge part was weed. Mm -hmm. So I called my brother at the time and I said, bring me some weed and I want to get high. And he laughed, (laughs) he laughed and he's like, are you kidding me? And I was like, yeah, I got a dump so-and-so. So I got to know what it's like to, to smoke weed. And he laughed and he brought it over and I did one of those big, like long yeah, um, your first time <laughs> yes 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 I didn't know well he didn't have papers or anything so like it's that's just what my brother did and my brother's younger than me and a spaz and he thought it'd be funny so I did that I had a hard time for my first toke <laughs> and then I did it again just because you know I was gonna make sure I did the job and he tells me, he actually was just here talking to me about it a couple of days ago. And he said that I disappeared for three hours and he was trying to call me and get in a touch in touch, but I had gotten in the tub. And so I was so high that I could hear something that sounded like a tiger at the side of the tub. And there was this growling sound. And I actually thought that it was possible there may be a tiger, but what it turned out was cannabis changes my auditory perception and it will actually heighten it. It does that for both height uh, and visual night vision, which a lot of people don't know, but so it changed it. So I was hearing the water running through the pipes in the underneath of the tub, but it sounded like an animal. So I quickly dumped both the boy and bud for a long period of time. All right. So this scared you. Yes. Yeah. Well, and and part of this, Ellie, so part of this where you feeling any depression or anxiety or pain? was there anything going on in your life that it made feel better or it just kind of scared you no it was simply that I did not like to I'm the type of person that does not like to have a loss of control in my thought process mm-hmm. so the idea that something me was, too and as a, a responsible mother I just had your like a green out experience but I did not understand that if I had a tolerance that would also not be the case you know True. so I figured every pot smoker all had the same kind of things. We all like to get blazed out of our minds and we can't function properly. And it was just a very uneducated, naive sort of- And, and, and what year was this? How- My gosh. Oh, it was a long time ago, probably 12, 13 years ago. Oh, okay. So a while ago. All right. So you had this yeah. strange experience. You're hearing tigers in the bathtub and then what happens to you? Um, it isn't so bad. Fast forward, you know, I was what you'd consider more a straight edge type of parent. And then fast forward to me being hit by a truck. And what year was that? And I think it was about between three and five years after that. Okay. So did you have then? I had the two boys. The two boys. Okay. I had actually just walked my oldest son across to school and dropped him off. So I was coming back in the crosswalk of that school and a man had stopped quite a bit back in the road on the side of the road to talk to a woman. 
And this woman ran off from his vehicle and up to around the corner and to either impress her or just be silly. He wasn't looking, whatever it was. He gunned it to make that truck roar and hit me in a crosswalk of the school. Good Lord. And yeah, I flew from his truck. They said five or so feet in the air. And you're a very small person. Yes, I was a hundred pounds, 105 pounds when I was hit. And he was in a one ton dually with the double wheels. And I was hit the entire right side of my body was literally as black as David's shirt. I it was and then it turned blue. And I was in uh, physiotherapy for two years. I required two surgeries to this day on my hip and shoulder. I have a floating tailbone. I have broken ribs. Oh. I have sciatic nerve damage, damage to the right side of my body and soft tissue damage, a migraine condition that was activated by this. And I was left on five prescription pills and walking like a pirate with a peg leg when I finally could walk properly. And it was just an unbelievable sort of pain, but then the knowledge that there was nothing that I could do. That was my life every day and trying to recover from that in physiotherapy and everything. So I did this with the help of the prescriptions or eventually not anything at all. So I was on an opiate for pain management. I was on anti-inflammatories. I was on a sleeping pill because I still to this day cannot sleep for any solid length of time. When your right side, it it feels kind of like an itchy bruise. It's not a comfortable uh, existence. And then I was on the migraine medication. It's called Rizotripitan. It cost a substantial amount for six pills and they were liver damaging. And then I was on, they wanted me uh, to go the last straw for me. Uh, was they wanted me to go on a daily antidepressant. So I would have been on a chemical killer condition or I could try cannabis. What else were they just prescribing to you? What was happening after the antidepressants? Well, that's, I actually didn't end up wanting to take anything like that. So with the pain pills, it was an opiate. Like I had mentioned before, I came from a family that was riddled with addicts. And I started to see a closer family member more often than I was used to. And when they came over, it would be like, oh, yeah, my shoulder's just killing me. Do you have one of those pills for, you know, for your pain? They really help mine. And it was seeing that and realizing there could be an issue closer in my family that started as a result of even my use. So then on top of that, I was also living where taking the medication didn't actually seem to help my pain as much while I was using it and moving around. But what I found was when it edged off, I was getting to where like it it felt almost like itching or irritated more so. And then I would look to where the next dose time was. So I was starting to automatically end up medicating myself, but in a fashion that could be have it forming or dangerous. And then it wasn't providing me that much relief anyways. And on top of that, I was dealing with this other medication that made me very sick. And I was still dealing with migraines that would be four days at a time with limited relief and to where they actually make you physically ill. And then the medication I was taking to help them would just make you very tired. (laughs) So there was like, I was living very miserable. Still, I was in two years of physiotherapy after. So I was still going through that. And I was just uh, compare it to an animal, like a family pet that has something in its paw. 
Like no matter how wonderful your family pet is, no matter how loyal and loving, that animal is going to curl its paw up and try to protect it. And if you go near it, it might snap at you. And I lived my life like that as a mom and as a wife. And it simply was not fair to me or to my family. And my ex had said to me at the time, what do you think of cannabis? Like he would have been a rec user. He said, we're, cause I was into all natural health anyways. And I was making our bath and body products from home. We saw leaps and bounds of, of progress with my other son when it came to herbal medicine. So why would we not try the same thing with myself? So again, I had that, well, like, here you are. Are you going to be hypocritical? Are you going to say this is good for one and you're not going to do it for yourself? Or are you going to actually embrace this and learn something? So I did. But because I was so scared, I learned everything I possibly could. <laughs> this is such a girl woman thing. Like, you know, guy, I always say this, like guys, I like get a bar, so he's going to be president and he just runs. And a woman has to like go back to school, get her education, do all the things. And then she thinks she still isn't good enough. So, all right. So you're trying to heal yourself, you know, and plus you're healing yourself, which is an interesting phenomenon a lot of these women are doing. Uh, so you go and you're learning all these things. And what year are you? at this point that was probably I would think about six years ago oh my god no it's much longer now okay so closer to eight or nine I had started with consistent cannabis use but it wasn't until about at least six that it really started to ramp be very regular I started to very much understand all of the benefits of use and at that point I started to make our own household products with it and food and Ellie, as, what was the status in Canada and your, what was the status at that point? Uh, well, medical cannabis has been legal in Canada for quite a substantial amount of time. Uh, okay. We legalized for recreational use in 2018. Okay. So we've, I've never really had a problem because for me, another part was I obtained my, I guess we call it here, the green card, but my <laughs> medical cannabis designation. So I always made sure that I did things because I was a mom responsibly. And I, again, wanted to find as much education as I could. But that was really where um, my journey had started as well, was going in as a medical patient and having questions for doctors where they just simply didn't have answers for me. Of course. And then they wanted you to do these extra courses on top to get certain licensing. There were charges and things. And I just simply didn't find the education both comprehensive or affordable. And I found that doctors didn't have enough education themselves. Of course, that's a universal, you know, obviously they don't know. And people take their directives from these doctors who, if they are, don't know, I think they don't even know there is an endocannabinoid system. How are they going to start prescribing cannabis products for health? So I find this sort of, it's in both countries and I see nurses are starting to come on. Some doctors are starting to talk about it, but patients who are healing themselves, when the doctors are willing to listen to you patients, that's where they're getting their education, right? Yeah. Right, so, you're, so you're developing your own products at this point. Are you growing cannabis? How are you doing your products? Who are you getting them to? What's going on with that part? I, yes, I did. So yeah. that was a part of the thing is that so we did decide to start growing, you know, being able to know where your medicine comes from. That is extremely important to me and extremely important nowadays with so many FDA recalls, so many constant interactions, and even the modern day for street drug use, uh, fentanyl or anything else being prevalent in any of the other types of substances that are out there for a person to be able to not only take their health care into their own hands in a metaphorical sense, but then to actually literally be able to do that and to cultivate your own medicine. 
to know exactly what it is, how it's going to impact your body and to be able to choose it yourself based upon your own personal preferences or needs. There is no doctor out there. I don't care how much you love your doctor, unless your doctor is your mom. There is no way in hell you will have healthcare that's that personalized. You know, so so you definitely to have that ability and that option is something incredibly empowering. And for me, it's a lot of why I do what I do now. And you're saying that's a universal problem with doctors. Uh, a study in the states found that 78% of cannabis users. of the people out there that are willing to acknowledge and own their cannabis use surveyed say that they've actually used it for a medical purpose. Over 90% of doctors in a separate separate medical study will acknowledge that they learn absolutely nothing in regards to cannabis in medical care and in medical school. Yeah. So it's, and my niece just finished nursing school. I asked her about this. I said, did you hear about it? She said one class. I mentioned it once, I think, you know, yeah. so as pain quite, management. Yeah. So we're but not they, there yet, but you're making, yeah. sorry, I'm just trying to, so yeah. you're getting, so you're making your products and you're in Canada. So what kind of stuff are you making? Who are you connecting to? And then you got into journalism. So that's like a funny transition. So. <laughs> it was, it was a funny transition. So with that, what happened was I ended up making a lot of the products uh, for my own family members and close friends. Because again, cannabis, you can, although you can buy your own cannabis, although you can work with your own cannabis, you cannot, like I could not grow my own and then turn around and sell it to you. We have certain rules and regulations in regards to that, but I could share it with you. I could mail you up to an ounce, well, not over the border, but you know, (laughs) um, to another Canadian, I could mail an ounce to them. So for that, like things I was giving away for free or having people bring their own cannabis to me and then processing that into edible goods or into um, soaps and yeah, and soaps and lotions and stuff. So I started in with that and that's actually the Canna Canuck is a legally registered trademark uh, for that purpose. So originally before this major sort of lotteries, licensing, all these regulations came into effect and, and the whole legalization, that was what I had originally wanted to do was something along those lines. And then when everything went how it did and cannabis business both became less affordable for those, you know, that were not heavily, like you, you got to have so much capital in the bank to even apply uh, for some of these capabilities. It's the same thing now. here. It's, it's universal. Yeah, it's, again, so- yeah, this is like, this is the, this is what's keeping people out. The women, the minorities we're talking about, how do we build an equ- a business that's equitable and it's always about capital. Yep. Yep. So, so yeah. That, <laughs> and it's a question was- of why is it, this is a big question. Why literally is it so expensive? Who decided this? So this is another, this isn't just like, how do we get women and uh, minority businesses, the capital, but again, step, take a step back. Why is it so expensive to be in this industry? It should not be that way. So that's a big Let's discussion. Let's blame men. <laughs> I always do. Dave, yeah. do I do it every year? Every week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, I, and I always say the same thing. I'm sitting right here. Come on. <laughs> We're not all terrible. Well, there's, you know, I think something like I wanted to say it was 38% of cannabis consumption is female now. And those are the ones that'll acknowledge that we do. And of course, we have more reasons to not do so because we protect the children and the family and all of that. Exactly. Um, so, and they still that we talk about this a lot about your children and and parents in the states. You can still have you know DSS can still be involved. And the truth is, parents, mothers are 
they're making themselves help. It's a, it's a messed up system that we're going to fix, right, Ellie? That's our, our mission. So the mission to change things. The mission to change. And let's just talk, let's start, I'm going to ask you a question about your kids and then I'm going to take a break and then we'll come back and talk maybe about your business stuff and your journal. We haven't even talked about your writing, so. Okay. All right. So you're a mom too. So you're doing this whole business thing. You're growing, you're being healthy. How, and I love these stories with these kids who are growing up in the industry. There are books out now about this kids, you know, because they can literally be the people who are talking back to the dare program, people who are coming in and telling them bad information. All these moms are telling me what their kids know. My Canadian mom friends too, especially. Oh, you have children growing up in the industry. How are they connected to it? What are they, how do you talk about it as a mom? How does the rest of your family feel about this now that you're in it? You know, this is a big, it's a shift, which again, it's transparency. So you're one of those people who's very transparent and proving what it isn't. It isn't something that people thought it was and that you can function really well, excel really with it. Yeah. Right. So that for me was a a big reason why I came out of the cannabis closet, so to speak, was because I come from a family where my younger brother and I are basically polar opposites. He's had his stints with, you know, he's gotten himself into trouble in kind of different ways. He's a big personality, very heightened and stuff. And I am in my own way as well. But I'm more, he made the joke, like you won't win an argument with her, like no matter what. So like, so you'll sit there and you'll have a logical debate and you'll have lengthy conversations or something like that. So for me, I judged him when I was younger, thinking that there was a correlation. And then as we got older, I became an ally. And it's funny, as he's getting older, he's backing a less like backing away from the cannabis use and uh, with his children, it's a different sort of scenario. We both have five kids, which is really funny. And then I'm more into that and into the education side. So for me, it was important for me to come out of that so that I could use myself as the example and say, no, there, there is another option. Like I never identified with a standard stoner culture. You know, I'm a mom, I'm a mom of five, you know, I'm the lady that's there on a soccer sidelines or the mom that baked the school cookies. Like, so I don't identify with Cheech and Chong and Seth Rogen is hilarious. I love him to death, but like, you know, he's not me. That's not how I am in a home or as a family. He's the kind of guy that says, I don't know, I'll ever have children. So where are the moms? And even the women that I was seeing in the industry, you know, the Fran Dreschers who's pretty cool and stuff like that. I wasn't seeing that homey sort of personality that I could really identify with or the women that I was talking to were women that were coming off of opiate addiction or had those sort of colorful pasts of their own that I also could not identify with. Where is that straight edge mom that leads that, you know, sort of strict lifestyle that just happens to be a stone cold stoner like you know what I mean like where is she I need more of these people so I took to Instagram and I very quickly I well part of cannabis use is the regulating of your endocannabinoid system and when that happens it does beautiful things for women in particular you know we can regulate our cortisol levels which is part of why women retain weight around their midsection. 
and regulation of that, along with regulation of your sleep-wake cycle, which cannabis helps with, can actually improve and assist you in losing weight. So for me, when I became someone that was regularly meditating, sharing my journey, and finding support and camaraderie, these really wonderful things started to happen for me with all the weight loss um, and, and building of confidence. And in that as well, I was finding I was giving that same thing to women, but then men too. You know, I'd get a mom that'd say, I just wanted to let you know, because of you, I did my squats today. Or I'd get a lady that say, heads up, I lost 12 pounds, girl, that's on you. Thank you. And so you didn't, like, I didn't realize the impact that social media has. For me, I thought, again, I have that, those preconceived notions, as all humans do. I thought it was a place that was full of narcissism and self-indulgence and a very fake and superficial relationships, which I mean, it is absolutely rife with. But if you acknowledge that darkness, you can bask in the light. So if you really utilize that tool as a, a marketing option, you can also use it as a social empowerment tool as well. And I found that that was something that it gave me and really helped uh, push me along, thankfully. That's and amazing. really expand my network as well as my education. And you were able to reach people. I mean, I always say I hate social media. <laughs> I know I have yeah. to be on it or I don't exist. And that, you know, reaching people on a, a, a genuine level, you know, giving your authenticity and being out there. And you know, I am that person you're talking about. I'm a middle-aged white lady in America who plays tennis and wears pearls and has a right? couple of kids. And I am not the person, I'm a lawyer by training. A I'm not lawyer, the person, yeah. I'm not the person you would expect. So I love that you are doing, you know, there has to be a network of us talking this way about it or people don't see the stories. That's the point of sharing these stories on the Canamom show. But we're running up on time, so I got to take a break. So we're going to come back on the other side, hear more about your business and, and what you're doing in writing and all the other things that Allie Bear is doing up there in Canada. And maybe she'll be down in America someday. Who knows? All right. So let's just, I want to thank Ari Bliss because manifest down stress is her great motto. And I found it front and center on her website, which is a hemp wellness lifestyle brand founded right here in Massachusetts by Sandy Bernier, medical cannabis patient, hemp advocate, and friend of the show. Ari Bliss products can be found in her two adorable shops. One is in Rockland and the other is in Weymouth, where you can pick up some of the best CBD products in Massachusetts. And if you can't make it to the South Shore, no worries. You can find links to her products on the Cannamom Show shop, and she will ship them right to you. And you know how I always say, never buy your CBD at the gas station because you almost need to know who is growing your hemp. Well, Sandy actually does. The hemp for her tinctures, gummies, salves, and pet treats is grown, extracted, and crafted all within a three-hour radius of their headquarters in Rockland, Massachusetts. She visits those farms and vets every brand that she sells in her shops. Ari Bliss is working to illuminate the ways in which hemp can enhance our quality of life and health of the planet, and they are deeply devoted to providing high-quality products that are effective, affordable, and sustainable. And from personal experience, I know they have the best customer service, and just like us, Sandy and her team are on a mission to end the stigma associated with cannabis for moms and caregivers. Sandy uses her profits to support cannabis patients with resources and education through the nonprofit Green Network Providers, where you can speak to a nurse practitioner and get an affordable medical card, which you can get through telemedicine or in person through an appointment. And if that were not enough, not enough, she also has a party bus 
and is available for COVID safe home party shopping experiences. And as a special gift, she's offering my listeners free shipping and all your orders through the end of August. Just use the promo code CANAMOM at the checkout. Go to her um, site. It's IRIBLISS. That's I-R-I-E-B-L-I-S-S dot com. Visit her shops in Rockland or Weymouth. Book an appointment. Speak with a nurse who can guide you on your path to better healing through hemp and CDD. Thank you, Irie. All right. Back with Allie. How much time? What's going on in Canada? What's the future? What are the big things coming up? And, uh, and are you doing any traveling? Are you starting to do any networking uh, or going to events? Is this a thing? Unfortunately, everything is still like we're still in lockdown here in Ontario. So there you are. it okay. hasn't been the most. Yeah, it hasn't been the most wonderful, you know, summer like year for anybody. But hopefully the summer is going to be picking up. So a lot of our events around here have been postponed, moved digital or simply closed altogether. But here in Canada, we're going to be having a 420 Vancouver coming up. I believe that's on July 1st. So, you know, right in time for Canada Day. If I can get out there, I really want to make that. It's definitely something. It's one of the nicest ones across our nation. It's a good time. And uh, I would love to, to be out there. If I can get down to the States and do any traveling, I'd like to go to the Las Vegas of the Cannabis Wedding Expo. Me too. I interviewed Vanessa yeah. Oliver. I was like, it's in October. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I thought it was August 30th. Oh, did you move? Okay. There was like, maybe there was a different October. I, just, I remember when I interviewed no. her, I'm like, I don't know. That's funny. It might have been, it might have actually been moved. You could be right. But I, I, the last, when I wanted to go and I saw it, it was August 30th because oh, my birthday. Could be, you could be right. Yeah. yeah <laughs> my birthday's the 31st. So I was like, I'm traveling. I'm definitely going. Um, but I mean, as far as cannabis uh, in Canada goes right here through COVID, oddly enough, and I'm sure that's across the board. I mean, I, I know it's across the US as well. We have seen a massive spike in cannabis sales. Like retail. Oh, yes. So, and we were designated like cannabis was designated an essential service yes so uh, (laughs) you know we're at least that's not going anywhere but unfortunately a lot of uh the things that I enjoy doing most or the things that I would write about they have been canceled (laughs) you'll have to come back to talk about your journalism all right I am so sorry we're up on time all right Allie how do people get in touch with you if they want to reach you the best place definitely is the can of canuck on Instagram it's where I'm most active most often and then of course I'm on LinkedIn as well but definitely if you check me out on Instagram I'm usually on there at least a few times a week and and this this coming summer we will be ramping up or I will be ramping up and doing quite a bit more content with regular my workout schedule and some dietary tips as well I have a lot of people very interested in what I had done to lose all the weight and put on muscle mass so that'll all be in the, the notes how to get in touch with her she has a great Instagram account she did a great rant the other day about men which I'm not going to repeat but <laughs> <laughs> I did read it. I know, Dave. I'm sorry. All right. So for my guest, Ellie Beer and my Canterbury, David Yes, thank you for taking all the abuse. It's good to have you here. <laughs> That's what I'm here uh, for. Ka- That's what I'm here for. That is thank you part. so much. All right, Catherine and Hayden, our Canamom Show social media team, another great job this week. And don't forget to enter your chance to win the amazing Technicolor Cannabis Quilt. I want to thank Josh Lampkin and Bella Jaffe for writing and performing the Canamom theme music. They are both college graduates. I need to find something to do. Next year, I'm going to have to redo my music, Dave. I don't know. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Canamom Show, where we are talking about 
caring for and giving voice to women in the emerging cannabis industry, one can a story at a time. Please follow the Canna Mom Show on social media and subscribe anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, Joyce Gerber. This is the Canna Mom Show, and we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey friends, I'm Brandon and I'm Saba and we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of marijuana. Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while, while we, we break, break it all down. down.